Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett-Martin. I am an alcoholic and addict, and I am grateful for the humidity in Florida finally breaking. As of this recording, I am 848 days sober, and today we're welcoming a guest to share their experience, wisdom, and hope with you. Jimmy is a dear friend and fellow of mine who I spend an hour with almost nightly, and I can't wait for you to get to know him better. Welcome, Jimmy. Welcome. I don't need to welcome you to your own show. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yes. Well, you are used to welcoming people to your own show, so I can see how that would happen. How do you introduce yourself? My name is Jimmy. I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic, and I've been sober for just under four years. Excellent. And I mean, that's in this context, that's how I introduced myself. Not if I'm just walking down the street. Well, hopefully not. I know that when I when I first got sober, I overshared everything. And like I would tell anyone walking down the street, but I've learned a little bit better now. Yeah. What was an exciting time? Yeah. What would you say is your favorite part of being sober today? Well, I don't know. My favorite part of being sober today in this moment is just sort of how big life has gotten and continues to get despite taking small actions yeah it definitely gets bigger the the more we're sober it seems yeah and it's almost like i can have an idea of things that i want to do but the way that sobriety in my program works is that things just unfold in ways that i couldn't have even imagined and it's cool and exciting and new for sure yeah and we also met through a very queer meeting what would you say is your favorite part of being gay or part of the queer community today favorite part of being gay or part of the queer community i don't really know that's actually kind of a hard question for me i've kind of felt terminally unique as many of us do for a while so even though i attend queer meetings and love being a queer person i still have some kind of weird separation thing that i deal with with not feeling a part of completely yeah i think that's something that we all struggle with at times yeah and so that wasn't really an answer i love being gay yeah well we will dive more into the history of where that might have come from now why don't you share a little bit about what your journey with alcohol and addiction was like well, it was a long journey I'm from a family of alcoholics and addicts. My parents actually met in rooms at Illinois. They didn't stay and they went a different direction, like a, a super religious. I mean, it was a cult, essentially. I try to sugarcoat it sometimes by not saying that, but that's 
the environment that I was brought up in. Um, I mean, I'm not going to do the full on qualification, but it was not a great environment to, to grow up in. And so I was introduced to drugs and alcohol pretty early on in my life, like my early teens. And immediately I just got that thing that people talk about, like that sense of relief and just feeling comfortable in my body for the first time. And I could socialize with other people. And I loved it. And I just rode that wave as long as I could. I started like like 18 years old, started working in nightclubs and bars and restaurants. And I really just set up an entire life around alcohol and partying. Um, it was a lot of fun, but also I had some pretty serious consequences. Um, and they started early on, like, just things were happening to me that weren't happening to other people that I was with, like injuries and getting into fights and stuff. And just progressively over time, it got more and more serious. I mean, I sort of knew that there was a problem from a really young age. I knew it because I felt it inside. Also, other people were telling me that they thought there was a problem. I'll just keep going on and on. So feel free to like jump in or stop me at any point. Yeah, I mean, for a while, for many of us, it's fun, and then it's fun with consequences. But when would you say it shifted to becoming a problem that you were handling rather than something that you were seeking? Well, I would say that it, it got problematic pretty fast, but I just kept at it for a while. I, I first realized that I needed help, and I couldn't manage this on my own when I was 23. And that was the first time that I attended an outpatient program. But I didn't stop drinking or using at that point. It took me 15 more years of going in and out, in and out. But I would say never all the way in, just sort of like going through the motions, like showing to different things. This almost four years of sobriety that I have now is the longest that I've ever been sober and the most like committed and dedicated that I've ever been. Sobriety is like my whole life right now, basically. And to people who that isn't the case for them, that could sound daunting or weird, but it's so hard to explain unless you're doing it. It's such an amazing, wonderful way to live. And life is full of so many wonderful rewards. Yeah. And it, it might be difficult to kind of summarize what the 15 years of experience has like led to, but what changed either in your head or like around you four years ago where it is different now and you are fully committed. Yeah. Well, I can summarize those 15 years. Like the consequences started like normal thing. Well, not normal, but normal for like alcoholics, like DUIs and injuries and hospitalizations. And this is point, there's like psychiatric hospitalizations. And then it just got worse and worse and worse. And the bottom kept getting lower and lower and lower. And the last five years of my use, I really sort of switched over more to drugs than alcohol. And then that was a complete game changer too, because that was like a physical dependency where at a certain point I would do anything to make sure that I had drugs, including commit crimes. I mean, I spent some time in jail. I did things that really I never thought in my life I would ever do. So about almost 
four years. My sobriety date is January 19th, 2020. So I guess it's like three years and three quarters. But who's counting? I didn't mean to get sober, to be honest. I think I'm like an accidental sober person. And things were really, really bad. And I came in on a suicide attempt. My intention was to end my life. And I spent 47 days in the hospital coming in, five days in ICU, three weeks in the psychiatric unit, and then three weeks in rehab. And something shifted during that time. I gained the tiniest little bit of willingness to to try to fight for my life. And that's really what what brought me in. Excellent. And what tools or resources did you use in that early recovery to help you stay sober and get through it once you were out in the real world? Mm. Well, it was an interesting time because when I came out, it was a month before we went into lockdown for the pandemic. So I was right away in an outpatient program. I knew that that wasn't where I was going to like get my sobriety from. I could tell that like I was just going into these spaces and like whatever, just passing the time. It wasn't the same thing that was happening when I was going to meetings, 12-step meetings. So I just decided to dedicate my time to 12-step meetings. In that month, I got a sponsor and I just started working the steps. And for me, going into lockdown, COVID was super, super helpful. I say it took the world shutting down for me to get sober. And I don't know if I'll ever have that opportunity again. So I should probably just stay sober. Knock on wood. Hopefully we don't ever have that. But the tools that I use then are the same ones that I use now. And I hear that from people that have long-term sobriety is that you build your foundation in your first year or even your first six months. And then nothing really changes. I, I still do the same thing. My routine is super important to me. Yeah. I know you did a, a whole episode on your podcast about routines and how important they are. What would you say is your favorite part of your routine? I think you make your bed now because of that, right? Sometimes me? I felt judged Sometimes. that I don't make my bed. So occasionally, normally it's before sexy time up, but I'll make the bed to show that I'm making an effort. Okay, good. You're prospecting your sexy time. I like yes. that. But yeah. What um, are some my- of your favorite parts of your routine? Maybe ones that like you never thought you would do before you got sober. I never thought I would pray mm-hmm. because coming from the religious traumatic upbringing that I did, the idea of prayer, I was like, give me a break. I know that that's fake. I know that it doesn't work. I say the same prayer every single morning. And it's like, in some ways it's mechanical, but uh, I don't care. Like it was just suggested to me. So, okay, that's not my favorite thing that I do. That's something that surprises me that I do. Um, I was into meditation before, but never like to the extent that I am now, I would try to meditate like super hungover or like even on drugs or alcohol. And like, it was a nice attempt at trying to do it, but it definitely wasn't the same as the meditation just that I have now. Honestly, I love the gratitude practice though, Mm -hmm. which I do every day and it's very connecting to me because i share it with a number of other people and then they share theirs with me too and so that's part of my morning routine and i feel so connected to other sober people that way that might be my favorite part of my routine yeah excellent 
And any advice for people struggling with their day-to-day recovery? Well, okay, if you're sober and you're struggling with your day-to-day recovery, I mean, I'm not an expert on anything, but for me, it's normal. We still struggle. Life is still hard sometimes. We have tools. There's so many tools available to us now which work. And I don't know why, but my first response is to not want to do the thing that is going to help me. I never want to do the obvious thing. And I, I forget all the time what the obvious thing or the thing that we hear almost daily to do for whatever the situation is. So if you're in sobriety and you're struggling, do the things that we hear constantly. And if you're not sober and you're struggling and you want to be sober, just keep trying. You know, if it took me 15 years, it, it can, it can happen. Yeah, it certainly can. And you also are half of the creative team behind a podcast. Hi, my name is what inspired you to start podcasting about your recovery. I am. And I love doing it. I that podcast with my friend, Tani Lisbon inspired. That was, she had a podcast before this, that I was one of her first guests on. And when she asked me to be a guest, I said yes right away. And I'd never done anything like that. And she was actually really surprised because she thought I was going to say no. And this was like a bit of a production. It was like in a studio with like a camera crew. And it was like kind of an ordeal. I said yes right away. And I went and I did it. And I can remember on my way there, there's this feeling that I used to get before I'd go out and have like a super heavy night on the town when I was active. And there was like butterflies in my stomach, like excitement, like anything can happen. I don't know. This is like, something could be like an amazing night. I mean, it never ended up as amazing. Night. Anyway, before going to do that podcast, that was the first time that I had had that feeling in sobriety. And I was like, pay attention to that. It means something. Like I felt really, really excited to go do this thing. So I did that with her. And then that planted the seed in my head about like possibly wanting to do something on my own. For whatever reason, her podcast didn't work out. I am just, I really like started putting things in motion to start my own when she told me that hers wasn't going to be panning out. And I was like, well, do you want to do something together? And so we just like started that journey. I think we play off of each other pretty well because we're very different people. Like I'm a pretty like sort of mom and whatever, like this, is, you can hear how I am. And she's like a bit more of a, a spitfire. She's been sober for 16 years, a stand-up comedian in New York City. So it's just fun. The idea behind it was like sobriety can feel kind of uptight sometimes, like kind of tense. And I'm always looking for ways to laugh more and have more fun in sobriety. So we wanted to start something that had a message and could be helpful, but didn't take itself too seriously at all. Yeah. And so that's And how how has that changed or affected your recovery? Having it out now. Well it's funny. I put these safeguards in place sometimes for my recovery without even realizing that I'm doing it. I started a recovery podcast. So then I had a moment where I was like, I guess I have to stay sober now, right? Otherwise I won't be able to do this podcast anymore. It's one of the things that I'm like, okay, you have to stay sober. You have a sober podcast. It makes me feel way more connected to 
other sober people too, and also non-sober people. We started this thing in my living room and we recorded a whole bunch of them before we even put them out. And it was this kind of like this thing that we did in my living room. I didn't really think of it as, I didn't really think about what it would be like after it went out. And maybe you can relate to this also. Once I put it out and people started responding to it and we get like messages and people, you know, send us DMs on Instagram just about how our stories and things that we shared are either helping them or making them laugh or they can relate to certain things. It's such an amazing feeling. It just feels super connecting and really fun. Yeah, I, I can certainly relate. I know that it's been a rewarding experience getting to know the guests and people that I might not have met just through my normal programs and social groups. But also, if I get like a ping on my Instagram and it's like a direct message from someone about the podcast, like I just know it's going to make my day. So it, it, I was surprised at first that it was helping other people because I was like, if I can help one person, it's great. But I'm like, it helps more than one person. That's awesome. I mean, honestly, I did also have some sort of a selfish motivation. I was going through a really challenging time at work. I'd spent the entire past year just putting my whole life into my job. And I wouldn't say that I put my sobriety on the back burner, but I definitely wasn't going as hard as I had been going the year before that. Something sort of fell apart at work and I, I was floored. I was shattered and I didn't realize that like, a job could have that big of an impact on me. So when that was all happening, I was like, all right, in meditation, the answer came to me, like, you need more balance, you need to figure out something else. So I was like, okay, you need like a creative outlet. And so the idea also came from that. Excellent. And what would you say are one or two personal things you're looking forward to or working on? Or two personal things I'm looking forward to. Well, actually, I'm excited to see what we can do with this podcast, if there's a way that we can sort of incorporate it into her comedy world. I mean, we've thrown around the idea of doing live shows and taking it on a tour or something. Maybe she does a comedy show. I don't know. We're still sort of working that out. But I'm excited to see what we can do with that, getting more effort and more energy into that and just sort of making it bigger and reaching more people and so that's exciting. You said two things. Another thing, well, I mean, my career also. Since I've gotten sober, it's it continues to get bigger and bigger. I work in real estate as my paid work. I get to work with a lot of sober people, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited to just keep building that. Very cool. And we all have our favorite sayings, whether it be from literature or music or wherever, but do you have any lyrics or quotes you love to live by? I really like the quote, time is not a tool because whenever Honey talks about having 16 years, I like to remind her that time is not a tool. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. That's a dig at her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know that I necessarily have like the favorite one, but I will say that they are super effective because we hear them and it's like kind of cringe sometimes but when you need to be reminded of them and they pop into your head and someone when you're in the thick of it and someone says to you like easy does it and you're like okay i can just take it easy right now for a minute and it hits that a certain way mm -hmm. 
and you're like, okay, these are here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, they are. All right. And any final drops of wisdom for people listening? Wisdom? Don't take yourself so seriously. Have fun in your sobriety. Stay connected to your community. There's a lot of really, really wonderful people out there that want to help and and that you can help. If you have two days of sobriety, you can help somebody with one day of sobriety. Stay out of your head and stay in your heart. I just heard that the other day and I love that. I love that too. Excellent. And how can listeners find you and your podcast? They can find us on Instagram. Our page is Hi, My Name is Recovery. And our podcast is on all major streaming platforms. We're on Spotify. You can watch us. We're on Apple Podcasts. On Apple, the name of the podcast is Hi, My Name Is. So you can look that up on Apple. On Spotify, you have to put in Hi, My Name Is Recovery. Because Hi, My Name Is was already taken. So it's a little confusing, but you can watch us on Spotify. We have video episodes and we release a new one every Thursday. Excellent. And I, I can certainly relate to, to Spotify and like Apple with the searches being funny because I didn't realize that having the podcast title Gay A also means that like it will flip and show anything that has a gay in like the podcast oh. or the subdescription. So that's why I have the, the little quotes after now. That could be interesting. I feel like that could like lead people to like Pornhub or something. Oh. One day, maybe, or probably maybe it's already happened. I don't know. While you're following Jimmy, you can follow us and let me know if searching for us has led you to porn <laughs> by following us at Gay A Podcast. Uh, for more time with Jimmy and I, head on over to our Gay A Podcast Patreon page where we'll spin the post show topic wheel. Uh, follow us wherever you're listening so you can get new episodes when they come out every Thursday. And if you have a friend or a fellow who might enjoy listening, tell them about it. And until next time, stay sober, friends. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for having me.